0: Mr. Goldberg. Hi, Chuck. I have a hole in my daytime schedule.
1: It's the Gong Show. It's a perfect cover. TV producer by day, <laughs> CIA operative at night. Leave is a hobby. Something you do to relax. Dankeschön.
0: Hi again, and welcome to episode two of Flixed, colon, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That a little longer than the first one. A little bit. <laughs> just, just a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, I'm Dustin. I'm Chris. And we are here to help you peruse the throngs of Netflix's film catalog and find cool movies to watch or terrible movies to avoid. Uh, this week, we watched Confessions of a Dangerous Mind a 2002 film, uh, described on Netflix as, Trash TV maven Chuck Barris has a big secret. He's a CIA assassin who kills while escorting his game show winners on their vacation prizes. Film was directed by George Clooney, stars Sam Rockwell, Drew Barrymore, and George Clooney. Uh, It is kind of a questionable biopic. (laughs)
1: yeah there's there's not a lot of truth or at least there is truth we just can't confirm that it's true
0: we can confirm that it chuck Bearce is a real person who (laughs) did in fact have a lot to do with 1960s and 70s and maybe a little 80s americana he wrote the song palisades park he uh, created the newlywed show and the dating game and uh, was probably most well-known for The Gong Show, and I would be very surprised if anybody we know that is listening to this has even ever heard of The Gong Show.
1: <laughs> I'm going to throw my hat in that ring. Uh, up until this point, I've never heard The Gong Show. I actually knew The Newlyweds only because I think it appeared on one episode of Full House.
0: Yeah, probably. I feel like Newlywed Show and The Dating Game were on, like, the... 90s and 2000s like funniest game show moments Mm. recaps pretty often there's some good moments from like 70s episodes of the newlywed show and things like that the gong show i feel like didn't really carry over outside of the 70s when it was in its prime kind of thing but i remember my dad telling me about it as a kid i actually remember when this movie came out i didn't see it then and i probably a good thing i didn't see it when i was 15 years old because it's a little more uh i don't want to say risque but that is probably the the best word i can think of at this moment under
1: pressure the first scene uh i think was his bare ass cheeks so it <laughs> yeah
0: that came up pretty quick there's also a uh, inappropriate scene with a um A young Chuck Barris, played by no other than Michael Cera, yeah, (laughs) uh, which was still surprising. He's on
1: my list, and we're gonna get to it of uh, like special appearances by other famous actors. Michael Cera was the first one. I did not see that coming. Yeah,
0: but to be fair, I don't think he appeared as a cameo. I think he was the star. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, you could say that, but uh, the the intention of a a cameo. I don't think Michael Cera was a name in anybody's mind back in 2002 no less was he like 11 years old or something too so
1: <laughs> no but he asked hard to clean questions uh, even at that age yes this
0: is true uh so so what did you think chris of confessions of a dangerous mind
1: well uh i thought it was a bit slow uh, i felt this one was an hour and 53 minutes um it sort of felt like it dragged a little bit Because I think they kept playing the same fact over and over again uh, as it got towards the end of the movie. Like, he was trying to find, you know, the mole, basically, that's not giving away too much. Um, It just seemed to keep hitting the same points over and over again. I think they could have probably cut out 10, 15, even 20 minutes and trimmed it down a little bit. Uh, I think it would have still got the point across, and I think I would have been uh, more... um, focused.
0: We should we should note as well that to our knowledge this is a uh, film adaptation of Chuck burris's autobiography. Like uh, we we know that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like book is titled the same thing. Uh but neither of us have read the book so we don't know necessarily how much of the book is translated to the film here. I don't read. Uh I can testify to the uh, over length of it uh due to the fact that I dozed off for about 10 or 15 <laughs> minutes uh and still don't feel like i missed anything of major significance at that point
1: no i wrote i actually turned away from the movie and took notes on your sleeping habits oh yeah yeah I, I got t- multiple I pages my sleep <laughs> no i love
0: george clooney as a person as a director uh, i think some of his movies are great uh good night and good luck is one of my favorite films uh But I felt this movie was, I think it's his first directorial effort, too, and I just felt, it kind of felt like that. It's stretched out too long, like Chris noted before. It's lacking in a lot of, I mean, it's a character study. It's not an action movie or something like that. So maybe my expectations were skewed incorrectly. But it just seemed to, like, kind of fall flat with me. And uh, as much as I enjoyed Sam Rockwell's performance, I just felt like the character wasn't really empathetic and just kind of, he was all over the place. And it was just like watching a guy just have like a mental breakdown throughout the movie, and then you're like, Well, is any of this real? I know he was on the game show, but what about the rest of this stuff? And that's kind of the point of it, but yeah. not a point I really cared for, I guess.
1: Well, I was gonna ask you, uh you brought up the point that it was George Clooney's perhaps <laughs> first movie that he directed. What did you think of him acting in the movie?
0: He was a Uh, Well, he had an amazing mustache.
1: Uh, That's one of my notes, actually. So for the listeners that haven't seen me yet, I sport the mustache. I think it's a lost tradition. Uh, It takes a real man to rock just a mustache. And I haven't convinced Dustin yet to shave his man beard uh, and only leave the stash. (laughs) But the reason I asked you how George Clooney's uh, performance was or how you uh, felt about it I actually didn't think he did a great job. Like, I think the the aura of George Clooney, that George Clooney can do no wrong, uh, I think was in full effect. Because initially I was like, man, this guy's incredible. But then I started, like, listening to, uh, like, his uh, sort of accent that he did, this sort of low, monotone voice. I think it really came out in the scene where he's next to the car um, as soon as Charles, in the movie, uh, you know, was taken away into that cold, uh, you know, shack or whatever to start Uh training about being a killer uh i just thought he was trying really really hard to play this role and i just don't think he was very convincing
0: yeah i i wouldn't disagree with that uh i just did a quick imdb check this is his uh george clooney's first directorial role uh in addition to starring he did not write this feature but he directed it uh and i don't think he really yeah he didn't i don't want to say that he it was, like, the worst performance I've ever seen or anything, but it right. was certainly just kind of ho-hum. There yeah. was nothing significant about it, and and almost like he just kind of shouldered through on the fact that he was George Clooney.
1: Right. And Which then, is,
0: I guess, fine. And, and it's, it's not to say that his role was particularly huge, either, in the scheme of things. I feel like he... Was on screen a number of times, but maybe not more than two minutes.
1: Yeah, any. he didn't play a major role, and it's sort of asinine to be like a major player in your own movie. Yeah. Um, which I guess subsequently, Chuck in the movie uh, created his own TV show and was the host of his own TV <laughs> yeah. show. So maybe I guess that was fitting. But um, so I, I don't know where this came from, but I think we were talking about the tra- tradition or the lost tradition of a mustache uh in modern day i think another tradition that i actually picked up on during the movie towards the beginning what has happened to the tradition of making out during a movie i feel like that tradition you're is talking in theaters long gone in theaters yeah so it, it, one of the scenes at the beginning is him talking about how he's constantly on the lookout for a woman's genitalia and he's sitting in the movie theater trying to kiss that girl and most of them just run out but if you watch everybody around him is just like yeah. locking and lift. That used to be such a huge part of society, I feel like. That used to be, like, a pastime that almost nobody talked about, but everybody knew. You know, like, make-outs peak. Well,
0: I feel like maybe that's because of the way that media portrayed it. Not that that means that it was incorrect, but, like, did you ever, at one point in our lifetime in the last 20-some years, see, like, go to the movie and just see a ton of people making out? Right. Not, that's not to say it wasn't happening. But, like, before that, whether or not it was really happening, I would, it, let's say, assume in the 50s and 60s, people made out in the theaters all the time, mm-hmm. it was 50 cents a movie, even though, you know, 50 cents was worth a lot more back then, quote-unquote, due to inflation and so-and-so, it was still super cheap. Now, if you're going to a movie, you're dropping, like, 40 bucks like, as a <laughs> it's couple. That's a good point. So, like, if you're going to drop that kind of change, you better be, like, kind of sucking in all of what you're paying for.
1: I sort of just imagine, like, my girlfriend trying to lean over and starting to get fresh. She's, like, kind of playing with me a little bit. I'm just, like, pushing her away because I'm, like, $20. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: No, exactly. Like, if you just want to Mac on someone for two hours, you got your couch at home. That's when Netflix is for. You could queue up this movie and not really be missing much because there's not much much to miss, and Mac on your other, like, sitting on the couch. And I'm going to stop saying it like that because it sounds really <laughs> <Yeah>. dense and
1: <laughs> ignorant as to what that involves. No, so I'm, I'm I'm hip on internet lingo, and this is exactly where Netflix and chill comes in. Have you ever heard about I, that? I did
0: see some stuff about it the other day.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm not 100% sure yet because now I'm going into my late 20s, so now I'm starting to get a little unhip in those areas. But from my understanding, that's the whole point is that you don't have to spend any money – you get your girl or guy. <laughs> we don't judge here. And then you bring them over and you just hook up during a Netflix movie. So so, so
0: it's like, well, shouldn't it be like Netflix and Tombstone and chill and you're, you're throwing in like a frozen pizza or something? Well, the, the <laughs> thought is you're
1: throwing in something, but it's not a Tombstone pizza. So it's Netflix, chill, and then it's just assumed yeah, it what's the third part. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm yeah. just saying, like, if it's all about Netflix and chill, is you can, you know, have a good night with your... You're plus one mm-hmm. with like a a very m- minimal budget, maybe it's Netflix, like so excluding that third equation, you kind of <laughs> gotta eat something to get there, so it's a it's a frozen pizza or some ramen
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's gonna be a Tostino's <laughs> pizza if it was me. I used to rock those like. It was nobody. It was business. all about
0: Red Baron. That's
1: where it was at. See, those are the expensive pizzas. Yeah. I, I can... Well, you,
0: know, I only buy them when they're on sale. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. No, I, I remember just getting those. So what I would do, and this is pretty telling, if I wasn't like doing anything or going out, I would get one to two Tostinas pizzas and play Gears of War, like just on this leather couch. Uh, I remember there was this one time in high school, uh, I came home from a party. Did my normal routine, threw the Tostinos in, sat down to play Gears of War, and I just zonked. And I just fell asleep, like, on the chair. <laughs> Wait, and so w- you
0: would go through, like, three pizzas in the course of an evening Oh, sure. This?
1: I'm not even done with this That's story, disgusting. though, yet. That's disgusting. <laughs> so I, I fell asleep right during the Gears of War game, and I woke up maybe four or five hours later to this just cloud of smoke. And I was just so, like, oh, no. delirious, plus in the mindset of Gears of War, that I was just, like, running up my house, like, <laughs> you know, like, this is it. This is the war. And then I just realized I was burning pizza. Ugh. My mom was so pissed. Ugh. Yeah. So pissed. Yeah, so. Anyways, back to the movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. so, I mean, typically, we, we, you know, our goal here to talk about the movie a little bit and then throw out some moments in the movie that jumped out at us. Um, I guess if I had to pick something... For a movie that I didn't really care for that much, there was uh, one particular moment on the uh, dating show where they had a great cameo, and uh, oh, well, yeah. two cameos, which I, I kind of don't want to spoil, but we're gonna spoil it right here. But we're gonna say the names really quick so you can like hit <laughs> if you don't wanna if you don't wanna hear who the, these cameos are, you can hit the like fast forward 10-second button on your
1: podcast player or whatever, and then like. You'll, you'll skip it? Yeah, you'll skip it. Didn't we decide we were going to do some sort of noise, like an introduction noise?
0: Yeah, yeah, but this isn't, like, a spoiler.
1: In post-production, I'm going to throw in some, like, loud, like, car noises or something, and then we'll then we'll actually play the clip.
0: Yeah. Well, anyways, so right when I say here, the next time I say that word, I'm going to say the two actors' names, and then that's, like, the spoiler. <laughs> okay. Uh, but right here is Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. And they were sitting on there uh, as two panelists on the dating show with another guy that ended up getting picked. Go figure. Um, And it was fitting because they're connected to Mr. Clooney Mm. quite well, and that might give it away, but it's not really a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. They're going to show up at some point anyways. Yeah, and and my opinion is you shouldn't waste your time with this movie to begin with, so it's not really spoiling
1: anything. Honestly, we're just saving everybody time. Yeah. Uh, If I had to choose my favorite part... Well, okay. There's one part that I have, but I think it's too much of a spoiler if there was a spoiler for the movie. So I think I'm gonna choose uh, the chameleon, as in uh, Drew Barrymore. So I think I mentioned it a couple times during this show. Uh, Drew Barrymore is this woman that like can look absolutely gorgeous. Like she can just turn in a certain way. Like right when you first are introduced to her, she's gorgeous, and then all of a sudden, like a few minutes down the road, you just look at her and you're like, why did I think that?
0: See, I don't know if I agree with that. I think see that's is, why uh, this is, is such
1: a debate for me.
0: I think she's just like super, super adorable, in a great way, and like a very attractive way. Okay, um, I'm sure. Like, I, I guess uh, maybe in like Charlie's Angels, she can like go to the other max of like being really hot mm-hmm. like, depending on you know what outfit she's wearing and stuff and i don't want to sit here talking about what constitutes a girl's hotness. right or that's not the point but, but i've always chameleon. yeah i've always thought that she had this like adorable sweet quality kind of a thing and that goes as far back as like scream okay Like I, I feel like she still carries that vibe twenty years later. I mean, given this movie came out like six years after Scream or something. But um, I mean, hell, you go back to E.T. and she was adorable in E.T. But that was a different kind of adorable when she was like four years old. Yeah, (laughs) we're crossing a line now, Dustin. No, I'm I'm just saying. Like, she's always been very cute and sweet, and she actually looks very similar to like her. She she hasn't changed much.
1: She hasn't changed much. Um but it, I think I think the point is and and see if you could agree with me. Um did you ever watch the T V show Seinfeld? Yes. So Elaine Bennis in the show. Uh she's what I would consider a chameleon too. She could look I mean, just stunning to me in one scene and then she can look
0: See, I think my theory with Seinfeld is that move there that show was on from like ninety two mm-hmm. through like two thousand. And I feel like if you go back and look at like fashion trends of the 60s well 60s kind of like early 60s they had a very 50s vibe but the rest of the 60s get hippie and stuff 70s are very distinct 80s are very distinct you look at the the 2000s i feel like that decade as a whole is very distinct Mm the 90s like i go back and look i still have some of my like First, second grade yearbooks from like two or 1992 ni- or 1993, like that, like those early years. Mm-hmm. You look at those versus like 98, 99. Stylistically, the world changed gratuitously. Right. Like it went from neon and uh, whatever those like uh, perm, like the flat iron thing for women's hair, to, yeah, and like guys with the gigantic. Eyeglasses where the lens is so big it like carries down to like the lower part of your cheeks for some mystical sure. reason <laughs> to like much more refined and stuff. Don't get me wrong, you look at like style from 1999 and it still looks dated as all hell, yep. But you look at 1999 versus 91, 92, very different. And Seinfeld ran through that entire time frame. Mm-hmm. So if you look at a Seinfeld episode from season one, season two versus like eight or nine. I think it was nine seasons total. mm mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, like, it's very, like, very different. Elaine's hairstyle changes. Uh, really, I feel like female fashion has always been more evolving than male fashion. So, like, George and Jerry, like, kind of look the same in terms of the way they dress and whatnot. Right. Kramer's Kramer, so he doesn't count. So Elaine, of the four principal characters in that show had the most stylistic and presentation evolution but i don't disagree with you but i think that's why at least a a huge contributing factor to why you would say that her character fits under that bell
1: yeah i think this is i think we need to dive an entire episode into this because i think i think the point that i'm trying to make is that it's like it's from scene to scene not between like a whole span. Uh, the only other person I could ever think of, I think her name is, is it Sarah Chalk or she used to be on Scrubs? Yes. Um, Elliot Reed. Yeah. She goes through the same thing. Okay. So I think I'm in more or less, I think this may be a blog post in the future that I go Okay. Into. So you're
0: thinking more confined than over time kind right. of a thing. I think okay. it's,
1: I think it's And I think Seinfeld actually hit an episode. Where it was like the light changes on this girl and it just totally changes the way yeah. that she looks.
0: Huh anyways so you feel that way about drew barrymore in this film i do as a high point and the character was probably my favorite character in this movie too
1: she i can't believe she stuck around yeah she, she stuck w- around for the whole thing
0: she was uh our principal character chuck barris's love interest um and she she knew him for most of his life i think he's still alive he might have passed away in the last few years um but she yeah she stuck around the whole time and uh, he kind of put her through the ringer
1: for a lot of it. Yeah. She's probably the sweetest woman in this entire movie. Yeah, for sure. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. Well, uh, I say we get into grades. I don't think these are going to be impressive grades nonetheless, but I think we should give our uh, our grades out of five for this movie. Yeah. All right. You can go first then. Uh, I think for my grade, I'm going to go... I'm going to do something... I'm going to go three stars, I think. I thought it was good, like, I, it kept my interest just enough for me to finish the movie, uh, but for the most part, again, it was just kind of slow, and it kind of dragged on a little bit for me. Uh, it was pretty interesting to see how things kind of came together at the end, because... I didn't actually didn't have any basis um, to start with when I started watching the movie. I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know his story. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the same creator of Newlyweds and the dating game were the same guy. So yeah, it was pretty informational. So I guess I could walk away with that. Uh-huh. Um, but for the most part, I'm glad it's over.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say two and a half out of five. Like, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen by any stretch. It just didn't really you you could go read the wikipedia plot and get everything you need out of it um i mean if you're a huge sam rockwell fan which you should be maybe like required viewing at some point just to like consume his full the full breadth of his work but i don't think you need to uh, go out of your way to watch this and if you're looking for a uh easy fun escape for a movie night through netflix this is probably not the right selection to make probably not uh, and it's definitely a little longer than it needs to be so yeah two and a half out of five for me
1: well that wraps it up dustin uh confessions of a dangerous mind probably stick away from that one
0: it's on netflix but don't go <laughs> it's looking on netflix for it. folks <laughs>
1: Uh, So to wrap up, um, you can listen to episode one. Uh, We just opened up our SoundCloud account last week. Um, In case you missed episode one, uh, you can find that, plus this episode and all future episodes on our website, flixedpodcast.com, if you need to know how to spell it, F-L-I-X-E-D podcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, Dustin, my main man, set up our Twitter account. That's the same thing, at...
0: Flixed podcast you can find our individual twitter handles there and uh, tweet us talk to us tell us you're listening please (laughs) god somebody please (laughs) listen to us
1: (laughs) and then we want to leave you today with a like a visual of dustin and i screaming on a beach looking at the uh, statue of liberty just asking for feedback you Uh,
0: you what was it you you madmen or <laughs> you yeah. animals or yeah. something like, like that. I think
1: he screams, like, you bastards. Yes, you bastards. Uh, yeah, so let us know uh, what you think, if you have any uh, movie requests. Otherwise, we'll uh, be here for episode three. Thanks, guys.
0: Bye. Bye.